0: And now,
1: weighing in, out of the blue
0: corner, John the Pong
1: Thompson. 100%. And on the other side, he weighs in, in from the red corner, Big John McCosney. Okay.
0: Well, welcome back, everyone. It is unbelievable for you to realize what we go through to put on this podcast, but we have traveled around the world to come back to talk about the fights that took place the UFC tonight Bellator on Friday night and we do it because we love you right Josh love is such a strong
1: word I have commitment <laughs> issues <so. laughs> oh man yeah we just uh the long travel long flights long night last night you know we had a great show uh, Bellator was, uh I thought it was a good show. There was, you know, some mishaps throughout the show, but the crowd was absolutely amazing. Anytime you go, anytime you have a show, whether it's in Ireland or it's in uh, the UK, like in in the UK area, there the UK the like the UK. Just, Are you saying UK the UK, like the the UK, UK or just like in the UK? London? London versus Dublin, like <laughs> London. London versus put Manchester, on, London, versus was, Birmingham. London was yeah versus Birmingham was not even a contest. Like London versus <laughs> Dublin, those crowds like London came said hey you know what I heard Dublin had the best crowd for you. we were talking about Dublin having the best crowd but guess what London put on a damn show on Friday yep, night it was they insane did. they they came through it was an absolute amazing crowd they were awesome uh, people there it's absolutely amazing huge fans of the sport huge fans of our podcast as well as we oh my out. god Everywhere we walked
0: it was how great. many people were screaming
1: and still <laughs> and still we're like we're walking by Wembley Stadium people are yelling and from all the way down the halls big john josh and still baby and i was just laughing i'm cracking up it was pretty cool man we had a blast absolutely amazing people there so i can't wait to go back i've always loved going there uh the venue is absolutely amazing as well so uh hotel is amazing people there everyone everyone there's it's fun it's fun to go so uh but hey let's uh let's uh not beat around the bush but before we all talk about this go to Hit hit the subscribe button, though, on our channel, as well as go to the link on our main channel. Hit the little link down below. That'll take you to our Clips channel. Hit the subscribe button on that as well, because we do a couple little things there separate from this main channel. So check those out. Just little fun things that we like to do for our fans, and uh, hopefully you guys enjoy it. We do the Wayne Interjection Show that goes there. And then a lot of our new stuff, which Podcast Dave is, uh, I got to give him a little bit of credit, because he was doing something finally for once in the however long we've been working together. But he came up with a great idea so we're going to start doing that one hour long uh q a hopefully once a week where we talk to we talk to you guys just strictly about q a and that'll only be pretty much have you talked to my management about this (laughs) yeah she already approved it she's (laughs) (laughs) she's already approved (laughs) miss mccarthy came through already oh geez damn it um but no so yeah so we're going to work on doing that as well and and uh getting that out for you guys so hopefully you guys enjoy hit that subscribe button on the clips channel all right, let's get right into the UFC. Let's talk about um, the fights that you thought were going to be good, the fights that didn't live up to it, and the fight and the overall card itself.
0: Well, let's just go with a huge knockout. And I, I'm going to admit, there were certain fights that I missed because as you're flying over the Atlantic, reception's not great. <laughs> yeah, just tell me. The, <laughs> the, the Wi-Fi on the plane doesn't work like it says it does. <laughs> no, it does not. So there was times that I saw the whole fight. There was times I saw oh, I saw two minutes of that entire fight. So. Yeah, but I will say, man, Silva de Andrade, oh, man, he comes out and I'm watching him. He's really stiff and he's just like all tense and tight. And you're going, dude, you got to relax. You got to flow. And I'm thinking, wow, this is not going to go that good for him because his his opponent coming out of Germany, Perello, he looks really calm, relaxed stuff. But all it took was one, Josh. He came in, he got hit, he was going backwards, he got put out as soon as he, you know, hammer fist on the ground, boom, out, next one brings him back, but man, you look at, you look at a guy, I don't know, and I I don't want to put anything out there, it's not, I'm not saying it, the dude's got like zero percentage body fat, he's got so much muscle on his frame, it's incredible. You saw the testing this guy? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm just being honest, man. Uh, I mean, incredible the way he looked. And so I, again I'm I'm joking about that whole part of it, but man, he looked just he looked like a piece of steel.
1: Yeah. We have we have guys like uh Julius Anglesius. Him oh, yeah. the guy who's fighting uh Nemcoff coming up in the uh Bellator World Same Grand thing. Prix. He's built like that, too. Like, you can see the starations in his back and, like, his shoulders and his forearms. And it's like, holy shit. Like, do you have any muscle? Like, it's not just growing muscle on muscle. So, uh, no, I understand what you're saying. It's funny because the guys that come out super stiff really hard generally don't get the knockouts. No. Because they're so stiff.
0: And I was looking. I'm going, man, you got to relax. Yeah. I
1: was wrong. (laughs) Definitely wrong. He fucking waylaid him, man some some people just have power it just there's oh, yeah. nothing you can do about it. it doesn't where it comes from and the, the reason why most of the punches when you hear when you hear fighters especially a lot of the top level fighters in the world talk about man it felt like i didn't even hit him it's because you didn't load up because you weren't tense because you just threw it relaxation and the other person didn't see it coming because you threw it so relaxed it just something like oh your body turned it flowed and it just caught them off guard they didn't see it coming When you're tense, you tend to load up, you tend to like bite your teeth, you tend to make the face before Yeah, you tend to make that face, like that gritty face right before you throw like and you hear people yell too sometimes. And that kind of gives the telltale sign that you're about to throw something. And so I know people that yell too and don't throw anything, by the way. So (laughs) just so people caught on to that. (laughs) Ah!" (laughs) And then they like throw the little jab that doesn't even go anywhere. It's just like the little range finder come on man. Uh, but yeah be
0: honest be honest when you're in the back sometimes you know and you've got like just the curtains and stuff between different camps and stuff we used to do that all the time and take the the mitts and instead of you know have them kick the mitts we would just hit the mitts together right it's super loud it sounds like they really you go that a baby that's some power and you're you know the guys right next
1: to go like fuck is that dude hitting that hard <laughs> <laughs> hey, that reminds me, without telling too much of the joke, that reminds me of Brennan Schaub's, like, skinny tells a story about how he was in the other locker room when he fought Mike, uh, Matt Brown, Mike, Mike, Matt Brown. No, he uh, didn't fight Matt Travis Brown. Brown, Travis Brown. Travis Brown. Travis Brown. Okay. Travis Brown. Yeah. And he's like, I can hear him kicking the pads through the wall. He's like, oh, fuck fuck this is oh, not this is gonna good. hurt it's like fuck. <laughs> ah, ah, it's like fuck. he's like oh fuck man <laughs> what did i get yeah. myself into oh yeah I, I can i can uh yeah i i don't know that's fun that's funny though cause i can see that especially in the lower level shows where there's just that curve oh yeah
0: especially when you have you know the air mitts not you know because mm-hmm. a lot of them have the the small little curved ones that you can't really yep. do it too well but when you get the ones that have the air mitts and they're real flat. Man, they make a hell of a popping sound. That's so funny. Like, it was awesome. <laughs> uh, um, All right, so Jamie Malarkey, mm-hmm. out of Australia, New Zealand. I mean, came out. Devontae Smith. Here's This is one of those fights I really enjoy because this is a mentality fight. Devontae Smith, faster fighter. He's got power. He's doing well. He's putting good shots on Malarkey to the point he's hurting malarkey in some of these and malarkey, you know, makes it through. But malarkey is just the guy that will, I'm, I will take yours for you to have to take mine and just ends up when he got to the point of being inside, he got nasty. He got mean. He's grabbing and throwing knees hard. Everything he threw, the elbows, the knees. I'm starting to hit my own mic. Just thinking about him and the way he did it. (laughs) I love the mentality that he had in the fight because, look, he's, he's not the better athlete. He's not, he's not technically better. He's not, a, he's not faster. He's just meaner, and he is effective, and he knows, hey, I've got to take shots to give him, and he's willing to take them, and that was the difference to that fight, and he put him out in that second round. He did a hell of a job in that fight getting through the first round and then just stepping it up and just putting a whooping on Devonte Smith, and Devonte's good. I mean, no disrespect, it was just mentally he ran into a tougher guy.
1: Yeah, you're gonna find that you've you've talked about guys that are just that are just dirty in the cage. Not dirty in terms of like how they no. fight, but dirty, yeah. nasty, like in there. They're just mean sons of bitches when they get in there. And Carlos Condit being one of them. Yep. You know, and he, look, he wasn't the most talented. He wasn't the best grappler. He wasn't. He, don't get me wrong. His grappling was phenomenal. He wasn't the best grappler. He wasn't the best striker. Didn't have the most power, but he was just nasty in there. He was like, oh, "I'm gonna get you." Like he dog was just dirty mean. Dog dirty mean in there, right? And then the other guy that I think of that comes to mind definitely was never the most the best athlete was John Fitch, someone who was yeah. just relentless at whatever he did. When he got on top of you, though, it was just that never stop, Especially before he fought GSP, he had a lot of finishes. People don't give him credit because they were boring finishes, you know, because the way he did it, he took you down. Ground and pounded you out, and then he got to the submission, or he just finished the ground and pound until the ref stopped it. But I want to say he had six to seven finishes in that nine or ten fight run that he of winning. Then yeah, he fought four. GSP, and then a lot of his fights after that went the distance or he lost. And they were like very slow and methodical in terms of just no ground and pound, no no tenacity anymore. But that that whole thing is <clears throat> that's exactly what you're talking about: your athleticism and and your um your athleticism. Only gets you in your talent, only gets you so far. You need that extra little gear to get you the rest of the way. That mentality of like, I can't be beaten. And then he, it seems like he possesses that.
0: Yep, he does. Or, or you're, you're going to have to kill me to beat me. You know, that, that's really what he's saying. You can beat me. Let's not, me, get, but... too, let's not get too far into <laughs> that. You know yeah, I, 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 lo- <laughs> I loved what he did as far as the fight that he put on, man. It's impressive to watch a guy like that because is, there's just a determination in his mindset and what he's doing and i I loved it it was a great performance Mm -hmm. Petch Kohea retired i'm gonna miss Petch.
1: yeah she trained with us at aka for a while she's got she has pretty heavy hands she doesn't fight she never fought the smartest fights but uh and she didn't train the smartest either we tried to work with her like several times in terms of like slowing her down but she's what but she loved to fight and this is what happens when you get a fighter that loves to fight you hit me i want to hit you back she was more of that a little bit of that throwback fighter of like i'm gonna get you if you get me and don't get me wrong some fighters a lot of fighters have that still to this day but they're smarter about it she still had that throwback of that, that almost like that uh, Mark Coleman, Don Fry type personality of like, you hit me, I'm going to hit you back. and I'm going to grab you by the head and you're just going to exchange until someone goes. Takiyama, baby. Yes. Yo, so Frivers that type of Takeyama. style. <clears throat> That's like, that was more of a lot of her mentality of when she fought. And she kind of trained that way a little bit as well. Um, she was always eager to learn, but as she got hit, it all went out the door. You know, we've seen that with a lot of top-level fighters, you know, and uh, I talked about one the other day with Leonard Garcia. He was the same way. Sure, you have technique, but (laughs) guess what? You hit me, I'm going to hit you back. You know what I mean? So, one of those things. But she announced her retirement, and uh, it's been great to watch her fight, man. And I actually had, like I said, I had a chance to train with her for years. She was at AKA. And uh, she trained with the AKA kickboxing team as well when she was there. Um, You know, I think I was there only on Tuesday, Thursday nights. But she was there mainly almost every night so they enjoyed working with her and they all said the same thing she hits hard she's got a lot of aggression she comes at you forward and stuff so they loved working with her as well so it's gonna be sad to see her go but you know everything comes to an end that's really what it comes to
0: yeah it does i i have a great story with betch because uh i did her i did her fight uh when she lost to Ronda rousey but the first fight i ever did of hers was against Shayna baszler Shayna, who's doing great with the wwe and everything now and stuff but uh I think it was, I want to say it was like UFC 177. It was uh, Dillashaw was supposed to fight Bahao again, but he ended up fighting Joe Soto mm-hmm. because Bahau knocked himself out in the bathroom falling out of the tub. Mm-hmm. It was in Sacramento, exactly. And so she fights uh, Shayna Baszler and puts it on Baszler and ends up stopping her. And, and she, you know, I'm raising her hand, and when I raise her hand, she starts doing this twerking thing right and i and i actually had someone ask me on twitter you know what were you thinking it's like what was i thinking i wasn't i can't can't even remember but i do know that you know i have i have a penchant it's like it's just the natural thing It came from football and everything you know of you smack you know someone does a good job good job and you hit them on the ass right you know (laughs) 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 yeah (laughs) sure sure enough baby so if you go back to that you'll see me raise her hand right you know and she she. and I and I just turned and I boom and I smack, <laughs> smacked her on the butt right, and I was like, "Oops, I was I was oh. supposed to do that." It was yeah, it was just like I was doing it to a guy, you know. And I walked out of the cage, and the, the damn commissioner was, like, did, "Did you just smack her on the ass?" I think I did. <laughs> I think Shit. I did. I said it wasn't. I said it wasn't thought of. It wasn't on purpose. It was. I was like, "Hey, good job, man." <laughs> and that's what oh. I was doing. Oh yeah. I smacked her around right on the ass. You she didn't mind those, at all. She didn't mind know, at all. She she told me later because uh, I said, "Hey, I, I I went went to apologize. Hey, I want to apologize. I did." not She goes, "Not at all. It was I, I was having fun." Oh
1: man! So I, it, I, it was one of the was it was one of those old fuck moments, huh? For you? Oh
0: yeah. Oh dude, yeah. and then all the guys. Trust me, nah. all the guys, You know, all the other officials, the judges, the referee, you know, Dean Beltran. No. They're all like. You fucking patted her on the ass, right? and they just Shit. would not let it die. And I was like, yeah, yeah. "Yes, I did. Yes, I did." Damn, I'm a dumbass.
1: She's a, she's a great person though. She's she got great she's energy in the gym. She's always you know, it was always fun to train with. And she hits she hits pretty hard. Uh, what else? Back to the card. Back to
0: the card. Look, at Casey O'Neill looked really good. She she crushed uh, Shevchenko in that second round, man. When she got on top of her, she just yeah all the ground and pound a lot of it was you know not real heavy at times but man you know then she would kind of settle it down and start she just landed a ton of volume to the point where you can see shevchenko is turning in ways i I feel bad for shevchenko because she's she's got that name it's almost you know well it's almost like you know the douglas lima versus diego lima thing you've got that brother or sister <clears throat> who is sitting at that top level man and everyone's expecting you to perform right at that same level that's that's a that's a rough one
1: it's a, that a tough is a rough task one. it's a tough task regardless though to just be good in general than to yeah. have something like that follow suit but it's still I, I don't think this is the difference though one one's gonna have a different they're they have different lives yeah. One is probably just more focused on being the champ and being, you know, and the other one has maybe other, I'm not saying there is, but I'm saying like, you know, what they're outside stuff.
0: Might have interests going in other yeah, directions.
1: Yeah, the other interests might be going the other direction. That's really what it comes down to. Sometimes there's business ventures that this one's doing, and this one's like, no, I'm just a fighter. No, I'm just going to be this. You know, and just because they have the same last name doesn't mean that they think oh, the no. same. doesn't it's... mean that they train the same. doesn't mean that they put the work in the same. So
0: doesn't mean they have the same <laughs> athletic ability.
1: No, no, yeah, I, All right. I, but I,
0: I do, I do feel bad for it. Casey O'Neill, you look fantastic. That's the way to finish a fight. Great job with your ground and pound and stuff. So that was fun to watch. Jared Gordon versus Joe Salicki. I had it even going into the third round. What did you, did you, did you believe that they got the right guy in that split?
1: Yeah, I did. I actually did. I thought Salicki looked good coming into the third, but then he started to wilt towards the end, and I thought Gordon was actually just able to. To kind of do whatever he wanted in terms of st- stuffing the takedowns, or not allowing the takedowns, kind of landing a little bit more of the cleaner shots. I mean, look, when you get fights that are like that, that are that, that are close like that, and they're splits, you just kind of let them be. Don't bother with it, you know. Just let it all. Just I, I don't want to have arguments over things like that because we're going to get into an argument about, about Bellator main event, and you know, <laughs> we'll t- <laughs> but we'll talk about that as well. But uh, the, this is like kind of one of those fights where. When the when the judges come back with a split, you're like, okay, I, I get it. You know, it's very much. I almost thought I like I would have thought that the uh, the main event of this this UFC card could have been a potential split as well. So, we and, uh,
0: I thought it was the right call in the end. I thought Jared Gordon actually got got the best of him in the third round, so mm-hmm. I was happy with it. Alexander Hernandez decided I'm not going to allow the judges to. He yeah. just blasted <laughs> Mike Breed. This is what happens when you piss someone off for coming in overweight. Breeden came in overweight. Hernandez says, I'll make you pay. and we made him pay.
1: Ooh. I have a, I have a, this, look, he is on a roller coaster. Yeah. He's good. He's, like, let's not forget, he beat Darius. Yeah. I think he knocked him out. And I'm thinking to myself, fuck, man. Like, then, then I think, would he lose to Cowboy after that? He lost to Cowboy, yeah lost the cowboy after that Cow, cowboy cowboy kind of then, put it on him you know and the cowboy put it on him right yep yeah cowboy put it on him and then he lost, and then he beat Trinaldo, and then he lost to dober to tiko i remember that fight um and then he lost to tiago moises moises and, moises and then you know he just beat breeden yeah but he just he he's like on that roller coaster he's just got to find a path and just keep keep having success cuz right now he just seems like right now, I know he's still young. What is he? I want to say he's only like 28 or something. I think he's 29, from what I saw. 29. Yeah, he's 29. I mean, this is his prime, so he needs to figure it out. He needs to try to be as busy as he possibly can so he can get onto a run. But I think he's he's got potential. He's got a ton of potential. I just don't know if he fights smart. I, from what I saw tonight, he had some good exchanges. When well, he started he, being the. Did he change camps?
0: I think he changed camps. I want to say a couple fights ago.
2: Okay, currently, but I mean, what Sherbro- I'm saying, sorry. Uh, Factory. What's X. that? Currently, Shadow Dog has him at San Antonio, Texas. Um, with yeah, he's too. in Denver.
1: Hmm. Oh, he's in Denver now.
2: Is he at uh,
1: God, uh, not Kyrian. Um, I want to say he's at uh, uh, elevation, isn't he? Elevation. Ugh. I think. What? What's his name? The coach. Fuck. I, mean, I keep thinking well, Kyrian from. You're CSA. thinking Trevor. Trevor Whitman. Yeah. Um, two good kickboxing yeah. coaches. I have Kieran Fitz uh, Fitzsimmons, Fitz, yeah, up in CSA, and then I've got Trevor Whitman in elevation. In Wikipedia
2: Denver. still has him in um, San Antonio as well. uh you can always believe Wikipedia. That way, I have two <laughs> yeah. birthdays: December seventeenth,
0: I think. <laughs> I
1: love him. And and there and there's and there's a space between his name. Oh yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> that really fucks me up too. Fuck the it? Oh, shit. Uh, um, but yeah, like I said, he's good. He has power in his hands. I think he has the potential to to make a good run coming up to the title. I think he needs to learn how to fight a little bit smarter. He's good when he's the bully. Like, yes. he's good when he's the hammer.
0: Very good when he's the hammer. When he's but the he's, nail. He'll, he'll take shots. Yeah. You know, as the nail hit, he'll take shots. But it affects him and it affects his output. And then things start to go downhill from there for him and stuff. You know, and that was the big difference of his fight. You know, if you go back to the cowboy fight, cowboy bullied him said, Oh, you want to be that you want to see what it's like to have, you know, have someone bully you. Here you go. And he really started stepping it up after the first round and just started putting on him and you go, yeah, you got to learn that you got to learn how to deal with those types of uh, situations.
1: I look at the way, Excuse me. I look at the way he's built and the way he fights. It's a lot of strength, a lot of explosiveness. And so as he goes on, he tends to rely on his strength and his explosiveness. And when you have someone who has the proper technique is where I think he's going to end up being wilted. Like when you if you, when you watch his fight with uh, Moises and then you watch some of the other pass fights against fighters that have good, good technique. He's going to have a hard time because he relies on like that being the bully of me being able to shove your face to the ground or hit you with big shots and push your back to the fence, you know, and those exchanges, if he can't do that, he has a hard time versus when you have really good technique, whether it's chaining the, the punching to the, to the takedowns or the takedown back up to the punches or whatever it is, or hitting the ground and keeping the position and passing guard that you don't need to rely so much on the strength as much as you rely on the technique. Yeah. And so that's I get a little nervous with him in terms of like I think he's got talent. I just oh he's got talent. This, yeah, he's There's got no talent. Doubt. But when he's you get talent. to the next camp, though, but when you at this new camp, we're gonna see how much he grows in the next year and a half. You know, I think in the process, so that'll be good.
0: It's, but this this is a big win for him. Gets him back in the right track. So we'll see where he goes yeah. in there. But the the next fight, I really like Christoph Jotko. I think he's he's a tough, hard nosed guy. I've known Misha Surkinov for a long time, but this is one of those fights that I look and I go, you went down to middleweight. From being a light heavyweight, Misha's a big guy. He went to middleweight, and he lost this fight. Why? He got tired. Hmm. And it's not that he's not in shape. You know he's in shape. Yeah. He just lost a lot of weight, and the energy wasn't there you know, when he needed it. Especially in that third round, you could see he was exhausted. And, you know, the fact that he was getting taken down by Kristoff uh, is like, no, that yeah. just means you're tired. Mm-hmm. You know, the energy's gone mm-hmm. because one of the things I will tell you about Misha is super strong, super explosive guy. This is a guy, if you remember, I'm trying to remember who he fought. He face cranked him and broke and dislocated his jaw off of it that's the kind of strength that he has i'm trying to think of what was that guy alex nicholson was the one and uh just he's super strong but yeah he had no energy too much weight <clears throat> lost i really think that was the difference
1: yeah i mean maybe may, i agree i agree with you i think the weight cut you're you need to get time to get your weight down i don't know when, when was the last time he fought
2: Dave, um, two thousand this year March.
1: Oh, March was that at one eighty five? Also, Ryan Spann.
2: No,
0: Ryan Span's a light heavyweight.
1: Yeah, yeah, light heavyweight. So I mean, that's not a lot of time to really get your weight down the proper way to one eighty five. It depends, like if you said if he's a big guy. So, I don't know. Like when you start getting into these conversations of guys cutting weight, we've seen over the years some guys they can cut the weight and look good, Max Holloway. Some guys, you know. Can't they don't want to cut the weight and they go up and they look fucking way better than they looked at the weight when they were yeah. cutting the weight. It's George Maz all. You know, so uh it depends. I mean maybe let them give another fight and settle in at 185, but yeah. here's the thing when you start doing this with the weight class the weight classes, and the UFC gives you that chance to go down, and you lose there too, <laughs> they're like, Hey, I can't you can't win in either weight class. So what do I need you for? So if you, that that cut of the weight is like after you've lost two or three in a row. You know what I mean? Like, don't go making that cut until you really, really need to. And then spend time doing it the proper way. Um, if you just fought this year and then now you're fighting again and then you drop 15 extra pounds. 20 extra pounds. 20 Sorry, 20. I see my math. There you go again. Yep. You know what I mean? So it's just not, nah, it's not good. Not good. That at all. would be like a guy going from lightweight to
0: bannerman that's a huge cut.
1: Crazy. Yeah. It's too much. Um all right, so Nico Price and Oliveira. Good fight.
0: You know, was a couple in in a couple ways the third round was the way I thought it was going to be. They were really starting to set their feet and bomb on him, but it was it was close. I thought they picked the right guy. I thought Nico Price did a little bit more in damage. You did know, he steal he it in
1: up, the, the last 15 seconds with that takedown and a little bit of the punches? You know,
0: I think it was the the clear uh, way for a judge to go, I'm going in this direction, because you can say, well, they were fairly close to being even on the feet. They both landed heavy strikes at times. They both kind of wobbled a little bit. But in the end, when that takedown, and I really thought Olivera was the one that was going to end up getting it. Didn't work out for him. Then, you know, he takes, he crosses the arm, he lands some clean shots. There's your difference maker in the round.
1: Yeah, I thought also the difference maker in that third round was that Oliveira looked like he was tired. Oh, I mean, he kept exhausted. putting his back, he kept putting his back foot and his back, and his back to the fence. Yep. And that's just a bad look. I go back and I look at some of the fights where, like when Trevor Prangley fought Jeremy Horn. I thought Trevor won that fight, but he looked so tired the whole fucking fight. There's no way judges could go, yeah, that guy was dominant. There was just no way. <laughs> there's just times when you when you have you have to look the part. Trevor looked tired he, in a lot of his fights. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. but that was one <laughs> though where I actually where I actually thought I was like, hey, like if you're gonna say, I thought he won a fight that was very close, yeah. but I thought the fatigue really cost him the fight. He looked exhausted, and so um, yeah, I I just that I think that was a little bit of the difference maker. And then I had I had him landing the harder, cleaner shots because I think he tore uh, Nico Price's nose in the in that that beginning or like first minute of the third round. He him with the- oh, had a look. He cut him, cut him above the eye. <laughs> Yeah, and there was another cut, I think, right there by his nose too, at the beginning of the third round. So overall, good exchanges. I wanted to see like more of a dog fight, but it delivered. It delivered. Yeah, like especially I, said, the I lead... thought the third round really delivered, made made the fight fun yeah. overall. Because um, when we talked about this fight, uh, this card yeah. uh, in the midweek this was show, the, that was the fight this that we was thought was going to be the fun one. This was the fight that we thought was going to be the best fight. Yeah. So. Um, Kevin Holland, Kyle Dawkins. Do you want to skip this one right now and go to the main event and then come back? Because there's a lot to talk about on this fight. Sure. Jump? Okay. Yeah. So let's go to the main event, and then we're going to come back to this Kevin Holland-Dacus fight because there's a lot to get into in terms of the refereeing, the the stoppage, the not stoppage, the no contest, and plus the overall fight itself up until then. And Josh so, uh, loves headbutt situations. So. <laughs> yeah, I can relate. <laughs> to, you know, to refs not doing their job. I get it. No. Uh, well. <laughs> is why you don't become a fighter if
0: you have a soft
1: head yes this is very true (laughs) just gotta learn to leave with the forehead um all right so tiago santos and johnny walker
0: you know one of the things that i thought was weird is first off you know i knew that johnny walker had gone to sbg was training in ireland and uh had john cavanaugh with him and stuff and i actually thought they did a good job with him as far as his cardio was good. He didn't do a lot of the crazy things that kind of made him a fan favorite because he would do those explosive big movements, but it left him open to get, you know, blasted. And he, he got some losses based upon that too. You got some big wins and he got some big losses. But I was really surprised that John Cavanaugh was telling him you're winning that. that. That was your round. That was your round. I was like, John, what are you doing, man? Yeah. You're smarter than that because you don't know. Especially when it's a fight like that one where it's close. You could think he's winning around and the judges all go the other way. And the one thing that I saw as the difference for the most part in the fight, and I think it's why the judges went with Thiago Santos, was he landed the heavier strikes overall. The big kicks to the body. You know, he had the ones that you could hear, you could see the redness, you can you know, the impact was obvious and you could see at times it kind of bothered Johnny, even though he took it well, but I was really surprised that he was saying, you're winning, you know, you're winning. He was like, why are you telling him that? I'm, I, I need to tell him you need to do more. I need more output from you. I need you to put him on that back. foot. When, he-. If you're going to watch Diago Santos fight, he's great when he's coming forward. He's okay when he's doing lateral, but when he's put on his back foot against the cage, he just stops stops all of that offensive progression so why are you not making your guy fucking put him in that position
1: why do you think he has that big fucking hammer tattoo on his chest because he's good when he's the hammer (laughs) you go he's good when he's the hammer he's the guy that's gonna walk you down and fucking piece you up if you if he comes forward you're in trouble yep if you move him backwards he's not the same fighter there's guys that can fight and i've said this a bunch there's guys that can fight going backwards oh yeah guys there's guys that possess power going backwards yep you know what i mean and like anderson silva he can fight going backwards and he's got power going backwards yep okay like chuck o'dell he had power going backwards i mean he circled out moving backwards and was able to knock Randy. Chuck got most of his knockouts stepping backwards stepping backwards there's guys that have it you know um But then there's also guys that maybe they have the power, but they just don't know how to throw it off that back foot when they're moving backwards. Santos is one of them. He's got all the power. You can see it. And when he throws, he's got power. power. You know, uh, I said the same thing about Rockhold. Rockhold is a phenomenal fighter. Him going forward. He's fucking good. You put him on the back foot. He has difficulty. He doesn't fight very well going backwards. So when we talk about the Strickland and Luke fight, I'm like, damn, like if Luke, Pushes him around or Luke makes it a wrestling match or a jiu-jitsu match. He hands, he wins Over. it hands down yep. where he doesn't want to be is where Strickland puts most of his people going backwards. Doesn't want to fight going backwards. And so when I'm having this conversation with you and you said all the things that I was thinking in my mind, Johnny Walker made it some good, he made some good adjustments being with John Cavanaugh. He's not doing crazy stuff. He's fighting within his means. Um, not leaving himself open, you know, so much after the strikes uh, the setups and the feints need to be a little bit more. He, John Cavanaugh was even calling for him. Sure, yep. he was fainting, but he's got to make sure that he throws not just one, but more. So after you throw the inside leg kick or the outside leg kick, you've got to come back with a head combination with the hands. He wasn't always doing that. He was throwing one and then maybe one punch. Throw twos and threes after you throw the inside leg kick or the outside leg kick. That type That's of situation. It. Or throw the hands first, then finish with the kick, and then come back with maybe one one punch after that. you got to keep them guessing. And... um and he and he wasn't he wasn't doing that enough. But I want people to remember this. And um, when you go to a new camp and where you're with someone like John Kavanaugh, there's a lot that they're giving you because they see you're a sponge. They see that you want to learn. And then what, when that first fight or those first couple fights with a new camp, they're not always your best fights. But I thought he looked better tonight in terms of conservative, uh being conservative with his his output and being smart about it. But I do agree with you because of the John Kavanaugh situation, and we both think John is one of the best coaches in Phenomenal. the game. This was one of those mistakes where when fights are this close, you can never tell your fighter that you're winning. Yeah. You cannot just tell him, like, look. But even when he did say <coughs> Excuse me, even when he did say he was winning, he said, Hey, but we need this round. <laughs> I got True. that. We're winning, but yeah. okay, I got that. We need the round too. But let's say, look, the rounds were so You're close. I don't know. Out. So we we need this round regardless. Yeah. Yep. So that yeah, that was a little disturbing when I heard that as well. I was like, ah, just you can't. When the fights are this close, knowing the judging always can always be a little fucked up. Just say, hey, we need this round no matter what. We don't know. It could have went either way.
0: Yeah, we could have. We we could be losing every one of these. <clears throat> mm-hmm. You don't know because it's that close. Yeah. So Let's not. We yeah. we don't, we we have no room here to give anything. We've got to start taking. And you gotta go after him. And it's I really do think that John did a great job in slowing Johnny Walker down with all the craziness. And like you said, the 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 big difference is he's throwing feints. It's like one if you throw that front kick like he does, and it's long and it's fast, you know, and then then give the feint. But don't just faint after you're throwing your hands and now you're feinting the kick. If you hit him with the kick, and now you give the faint, what's he gonna do? He's gonna respond like that kick's coming again. That will help set up your ability to now land a counter off of it. Set it up. You know, there's it's just there was there was a, a just a separation sometimes from what he was doing and what you would want to see him do to a point in taking control of the fight. <clears throat>
1: Yeah, I agree. I thought look, I thought it was a good fight. I actually was texting Dave right before the fight started. I said, I don't see this fight going past 2. And uh <laughs> and it, and I was like, of course, put my fucking foot in my mouth. Well, and uh got 5 rounds. But I mean overall, like Johnny Walker shouldn't be upset too much. No. Out, no, out, actually, other than just should have had more output. That was about I'm it. I'm being I'm
0: being honest, Josh. I I had kind of given up on him based upon Yeah. Look at you're 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 too out of control. The the more you fight upper tier you know guys they're gonna find when you make that big rush that big mistake and they're they're gonna capitalize and this is gonna happen over and so i was like he's done you know you can't do those things well he's not done he is absolutely showing that you know what he can learn and he can calm himself down and he can do well in the fight he does tend to get that where he's leaning back he's throwing a shot but leaning back because he doesn't want to be hit and it's like you're taking power off of your shots there's little things to adjust davy jones who he's working you know he'll do those things and he'll get he'll get it right but from the fight that i saw johnny walker he's back and he's going to be competitive so in the light heavyweight divisions of, of the ufc look at there's nobody that really stands out right now As super impressive, other than like Yuri, you know Yuri's got that. You know, you know he's there with it. You know, got Glover who's got the next shot. So he he had beat Santos, and obviously you got Bohovich. But you know, below them there's not that big of a, Hmm. you know, that heavy of a of a collection of guys that you go, oh he can't beat him. No, he could beat all of them. So kind of interesting. He put himself right back, even though he got a loss.
1: Got it. Um. All right. So let's get back into the co-main event, which was Kevin Holland versus Kyle Dacus. We thought this was going to be a great fight. It was leading up yeah. to be a good fight, and um, obviously unforeseen circumstances uh, with the headbutt and the head clash. It was accidental. Neither person was yes. leaning in with their heads. They just jumped in at the same wow. time. Yep. You know. Um. <clears throat> I've had experience with this, and I'm not look. And I know as much as I like to give (laughs) John a hard time, (laughs) as much as I like to give John a hard time about this stuff. In all in all fairness, I want to talk about the California when I went to appeal it in California, because what I heard from um, uh, Dan Merigliotta was the same reason that I pitched at the at the uh, California State Athletic Commission's appeal. I said because their argument was, you kept fighting. And my argument is, guess what? There's been times that's what you do. That's what we do. Like it's ingrained in us. I've been doing this shit for 20 years. My body is automatically does it. So I give I give the example of the Pat Healy fight. I was getting taken down and talking to myself in my head in the third round because I had broke two of my ribs and my sternum in the third round. He takes me down with like two minutes left, and I tell myself. Look, there's no shame. Like you can barely breathe. You're having a hard time. There's no shame. Just just, you know, concede in the bottom. As he's taking me down, I hit the ground and I'm telling myself, it's okay. Don't worry, just pull guard. I'm standing back up. Because your body's just in ground. like as soon as you hit the ground, boom, you start working your way back up. You don't stop training. It's just training. It's over. It's repetition of twenty this, this years is, of get back up. Get it's very back sim- up.
0: It was a very simple statement I used to say all the time. Your body will readily go where your mind has already been meaning when you train a certain way and you do something over and over and over and that's part of who you are doesn't matter what you're saying in your head your body's going to just respond and do those things that you have already done and thought of and all that over and over again it's
1: just going to go yeah because if you look at my tony ferguson fight i tried to quit fucking thousand times okay but guess what the body just (laughs) kept moving and just kept trying to keep going keep going I wanted to get out of there. I kept telling myself, just fucking it's over. Get out of it. But it never, there's never a moment where my body stopped trying to fight out of those positions. And if my body's still going, then who the fuck, my brain, who are you, Who are you to tell my body what to do? Wait, you know what I me mean? Nothing. And that's and that's what my point was. Dan came out and he goes, oh, I saw it, but I thought like he kept, he just moved right away. He kept fighting. Well, he moved right away because Doc has jumped on top of him and started hitting him. If you start hitting me, I'm going to start moving as well because I don't want to get fucking fully ground and pounded out. Like you just need to keep going. And that's, that's my concern in that situation and that, in that position. Because how do you now go? How does, how does Kevin Holland turn? Had Murgley out and not made that a no contest, how does he go and get that overturned with the commission? Knowing the commission is going to look at you and say, well, you kept fighting. No shit. I kept fighting. My body's been trained to do that for my, pretty much a quarter of my life. That's one thing. And I also don't want to keep getting punched in the head, knowing that sure, I'm not all there, but I also don't want to get knocked out completely. And so that's where I have a, I'm glad I'm, I'm really, really glad he chose to make this a no contest. But up until I heard Herb Dean whisper in his ear, what he was saying, I was thinking to myself, cause he was making it uh, almost like he was making an argument. No, he was making he the argument. It's, 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 he kept fighting. He kept fighting.
0: It's going to stay the way it is. He was still fighting.
1: Yeah, that's but that was that's bullshit, and that's what well, that was like. Oh, don't do that! Please well, don't do that. The the real telling part was, you don't know what
0: the referee sees, okay. And so I'm looking at it, and I'm like, well, you that one you should have seen, you know, based upon where you were at, you know, the, the positioning that he was at, and the way that Kevin fell when they came hard. Look, he went he face first. He was out he was when out. he hit the ground. He
1: woke up. John, you know, there was they showed the camera view from the front. His eyes rolled back in his head oh yeah, for a split because, second. Dude, he, his, he
0: was out. It was like getting punched. His he got hit on the jaw. It wasn't that it was his forehead or anything like that, but it snapped his head and he was not, you know, in any way prepared for that and it put him out. But the, the telling part was when Dan said, Oh, I, I saw it and I rushed in there, but then he started fighting. This is where <laughs> all, all MMA referees make mistakes. This is not. Oh, he's fighting. Let it go. You don't do that because if you if you see the head clash many times, you know I, I, you'll see a head clash, and neither guy responds to it at all, right? And so instead of stopping the action, if there's no cut, no damage that you see, you'll just you know you'll come close to him and you say, "Hey, watch your heads inside," or something to that effect, because you can see it did not affect either fighter. But if you have anything that shows that there's an effect and a guy getting knocked down, if you, if you say, I saw that was a clash of heads and you see a guy getting knocked down, it's time to go stop time, no matter that he comes back out of it, because I'm going to get him up and I'm going to take him over to the corner. I'm going to let him clear out that, you know, the cobwebs, if there is that there. And I'm going to have the doctor look at him. And then if the doctor says, hey, he's a, we'll put him back into the fight. I did it with Seth Petrozelli against Mo Law. And it was a Bellator, and we were trying to look it up, 96, I think. But I can't find the video. But you'll see exactly those things. I mean, they hit. Mo Law goes after him to finish him, and he thinks I stopped the fight. He's all excited and said, no. You know, I, I had called time and stuff, and it was... You know, you clashed heads. That's what hurt him. And so you've got to take that time. And the thing is, the referee doesn't want to interfere with the action of the fight. You have to interfere with the action of the fight if you can see that it visibly caused damage to one fighter or to both fighters. You got to give him time.
1: Yeah, he was out. That oh, was yeah. the thing that really, he, he was out, and like I said, from that front view, which the camera angle was, you could see his eyes roll back, you could see him go face down. He didn't even put his hands up to block his face from hitting the canvas, and then when the guy, when has jumped on him, as soon as his body hit him, it woke him up, and he yep. started trying to fight out of that position. Sure. He started hitting him. Now, I said, uh, you and I were talking uh, before we came on air, and I said, he's lucky, I said, uh, Holland's lucky that... He was trying to finish him with a submission versus trying to knock him out. Because when they got into the tussle, Holland got uh, got back up to his feet. He would have got able to knocked to his back. And, yeah, he would have got knocked out easy. That's what that's what a lot of people don't get is that once you've been knocked out like that in that type of scenario, if I touch you again, your odds of you going to sleep are pretty damn easy. Like it doesn't have to be hard; it just needs to graze you in the nope, same spot or near shot, the same man. spot because your head and your brain's already rattled. Everything about it's rattled. And, and I, I go back to I go back to I think I even said this in the uh, in the California State Athletic Commission's meeting. I said, so what you're saying is, is that what I should have done was just fucking flopped on the ground and fucking kicked and screamed to get more attention than I got headbutted. And they basically were like, well, yeah, and I was <laughs> like, that's not what fighters do. Like, no. if you guys believe that, that's not what people that's not what real fighters do they don't do that shit they well they go ahead i'm sorry they're no their body's just ingrained to keep fighting because that's what yeah. they're fucking told to do
0: let, let's let look at this though and, and take a look at look there has been an evolution though because from your situation which you know <laughs> i know you thought i was against you but i was actually for you and i was i was trying to help you in the in the thing but they had kind of made up their mind for whatever yeah, reason did. And I, well, I think it was because I think that, you know, the executive director, Andy Foster had talked to him and said, you know, he got right back up and I think they bit into that. And that was, that was their determining factor. Well, you, you, yeah. And they watched the tape and they see you bounce right back up and it's like, well, he's fine. When no, you were hurt by it. But yeah. the, the thing to look at is evolution wise, at least in the state of California, they brought in instant replay so we could go to instant replay on that type of situation, even if I didn't, you know, know, because I had asked the judge, "Hey, was that a clash of heads or was that a punch?" And the judge told me it was a punch, right? I'm oh like, okay. And then later on, I see, no, that was a fucking yeah. clash of heads. So at least now in the state of California, we can go and we can look at that instant replay and we can reverse it. Same as what now with what. Nevada has implemented with their uh their ringside official being the uh the replay official. look at they handled this, and it's okay if it takes more than one person to come up with the idea of this is the direction we need to go as long as that direction is the right direction exactly for the fighters and so <laughs> I'm very happy that they have herb you know being that replay official. I'm happy that you saw Jeff Mullins, who was in charge of the fight for the state of Nevada. He was definitely a part of it and talking to him. You saw other officials coming in and giving information about what they saw, which in the end forced or made or, you know, because we kind of thought that Dan was kind of going to go with, no, I'm going to leave it the way it is. But all of that input told him, no, I, I need to make this a no contest. And that was the right call. For what occurred in this fight. Kevin Holland did not deserve. To lose the fight. Based upon being hurt. By a clash of heads. That's not within the the legality of the sport. And so he shouldn't lose. Based upon the injury that, that he suffered. And the damage that he suffered from that. Which put him in a situation where the choke ends up. Making him tap later on. So it w- in the end. The right thing was done. And that's good for the sport of MMA.
1: Yes but had it not been done, it would have been loopholes and loopholes for no, this trust poor me, guy I, to go I, through. I, I'm sitting there.
0: I'm sitting there going, God damn it, man. You guys better make this a no contest. Yep. If yep. you don't make this a no contest, you're going to have serious problems. Because it doesn't matter what you have as far as a replay official, instant replay, any of that. You don't use it. People say, well, doesn't matter that it's there or not. You guys don't know what you're doing. And they did That's a great That's
1: the biggest job. thing. It would be all bullshit if they didn't actually use it to their advantage today. And if yeah. he didn't make the right call, I, I mean, I was screaming at the freaking <laughs> TV going, you better fucking make this a no contest. Yeah. I'm thinking to myself, that poor kid, you know, he's trained hard. He's working on his wrestling. He's doing it. It's like trying to do everything he can. He's talking he acts, to DC and the. I love it. He, I still I love that like, thing, though. And he stopped. He stopped some takedowns as well. And he I was did. like, there you go. There you go. Young man. That's right. But overall, it was, it was looking to be a really great fight. They had yep. some great exchanges in that first uh, round. It was just, it was it was going back and forth. I liked it. I liked everything that was and going a, on, man. And all you got to do is, you know, and now as the UFC, you take that fight and six weeks down the road, put that fight back together. Yes, I hope so. I do yeah, hope so. That's it. Like I said, look, the NFL is using this same type of format. They have their person in New York now that's doing the instant replay. So they get kicked back right away who looks at the video right away and says, Okay, it was it was you, both you need to miles. review this. It was a touchdown. You need to review yes. this. Like yep. that's if it it doesn't work if you're not using it, and so the fact that they use it today and the right call was made, it makes it makes me feel good about the sport right now. Yeah, there's it does evolution. Make me feel, yeah, evolution hopefully. in the
0: right direction.
1: Well, this is the problem though, is that refs because i work with you and you're a former referee and i know they have big egos and you know there's a lot of <laughs> huge <laughs> egos huge. I, I sometimes wonder how you get through doors with your ears you in your head Ooh. you just gotta grease the ears and the sometimes, forehead man, maybe you just- butter it can't turn sideways just i get taking butter it back <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But I'm, I'm glad that it worked out the right way. Then, like you said, they're going to probably run this fight. It sounded like, because I actually, Sean Shelby was talking to Holland as he was walking out. So it looked like they had a communication about, oh, let's we'll do it again. run it back. Yeah. Dana may change that. Who knows? But I'm saying that, you know, it seems like there'd be no reason to not run it back again. No, they'll run it back. It was Dana shaping up to be one. a good fight. Yeah. It was shaping up to be a good fight. And here's see, the other it was going
0: to be a competitive fight.
1: Kevin Holland, is he's pretty damn good on the ground as well. You know, yeah. and that's the thing. So Dacus, he, he was, he was, I know he was, but he, you could tell he was in a phase the whole time. docus was all over him when, oh, yeah. when the submission after he was a step behind every way. Now, maybe that'll be shown again in the next fight, but I can't believe that that's the type of jujitsu he has in defending those type of positions. No, he was he's in a gonna, phase. He, he was in a yeah. haze step behind a
0: phase. a haze. Yeah. He a was haze, definitely, <laughs> he's a quarter second behind. Yeah. And that's because his brain got altered.
1: And that's all it takes when you're fighting the best guys.
0: That's it. So, yeah. I thought overall, great job by the state of Nevada and the Athletic Commission in allowing all those officials to come together, all those people, and to talk about what's the best thing, not only for the fighters, but for the sport. Because, yeah, the best thing for Dacus, he gets a win. But it's not going to hurt him that he gets a no contest. And It's not what's best for Kevin Holland. It's not fair. And it's not what's best for the sport. Because when we have someone get a win when it's not deserved, it's not good for the sport.
1: Yeah. Not to mention, like you said, if they do run it back in eight weeks or whatever, six to eight weeks or ten weeks, whatever it is, that they're going to get their money again. Yeah. It's just nice to make that amount of money, <laughs> you know, in a yeah. short period of time. Yeah, you're but see both if, you're your show money. if you're
0: one of them or both of them, they say, "Okay, we're going to yeah. do that fight again." You get the same pay. Um, let's yeah. talk about that.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> let's bump that just a little bit. Just a tiny bit.
1: Let's get a little bit more. Little bit. Um. All right. Well, hey. Uh. Let's Let's run into the Bellator show and we'll talk about that as well. All right, guys. I want to thank one of our biggest sponsors, mybookie.ag. Use the promo code WAININ with all the sports that are coming available right now. we got football starting. got basketball coming to, coming to about. Also, make sure you guys use that promo code WAININ. They'll give you a little extra spending cash with your first initial deposit. Don't miss out on this. Use mybookie.ag. Use the promo code in to get that little extra. You also use that code right there if you guys can, and that will actually take you right to getting that extra cash mybookie.ag use the promo code Wayne in oh my goodness <laughs> where are we starting on that one scroll scroll down to the bottom is that the bottom that's on the bottom keep going keep going let me see all the way up let me see dun 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 dun, 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 dun. dun, dun, dun. where do you want to start dun, dun, I thought uh, I don't know how you say his name I say it diata, but it's not I know it's not that it's Jetta, Jetta. oh yeah Fabakari. Uh, uh, Fabakari Jetta, Jetta. Jetta. Jetta, okay? Jetta. And then Nathan Rose. Pretty good fight. Good exchanges back and forth. Nathan really Rose just couldn't fight. pull the trigger. He just had. He just needed more output. That's really what it came down to. Yeah. Um. You know, I just... When you have... He fell into a little bit of that uh, uh, Walker position. You know, where he just didn't... Did not need a little bit more output. Need to put out a little bit more. And it just wasn't enough. And it cost him the fight. I agree. But, you know,
0: there's something about... And I don't know... How old Jata is because is, he looks young.
1: I think he's tw- he seems like he was like 20 something. Rem- his
0: build Diada, and
2: everything. Okay, yeah. okay. Oh, it's
0: gonna look like
1: Diada, but it's
2: Jata. Yeah, yeah, 24. 24.
0: He's a baby. super young, he's a baby man. He's good because yeah. he can fight everywhere. He's his stand up is getting strong. He's actually got good combinations, he throws hard shots, he's got good kicks. And I said I guarantee he's gonna he's gonna get a big takedown here, and he did because he does it in every fight that I've ever watched him in. He's super strong for the weight yeah. class, so he's gonna be fun to watch to see exactly where he ends up getting to. Coming out of France, you know, there's a lot of guys from France. All of a sudden, they're they're starting to show. Hey, man, they got some good uh,
1: MMA fighters there. You know, here's the thing, though. So there was a lot of hype when I started doing the European series for Bellator. There was a ton of hype around Dominic Wooding. He beat yep. Dominic Wooding in his last yes, fight. Yes, he did. There's a lot of fi- a lot of hype around Nathan Rose. He beats Nathan Rose. I mean, if you look at that 140 uh, 145 pound weight class now, in terms of people that he should be fighting, you're I mean, you're you're getting up into those top guys now in that top ten, because like, you've already beat the two most hype guys in terms of athleticism and guys that people were talking about. Being the ones from the UK market, so where does he go now? I mean, like he needs to probably break into that top that top ten for the Bellator at 145. Give him someone in there, in there to give him a chance. Because he, he's sure he's a stand-up guy, but he's not bad in the clinch and the wrestling positions as no, well. He's not his wrestling so,
0: for for a guy that you look and you go never wrestled in his life. His yeah. wrestling's damn good. he yeah. can actually wrestle. So I'm he's impressed. gonna be fun to watch. He's a guy he's that a, I really.
1: I, Right. So go back to the go back to the, the rankings there. I mean, yeah, if we're in that mix right there, you know, you have uh Justin Gonzalez, you've got Jeremy Kennedy, you got Pedro Cavile, Pedro and Daniel Vichel are fighting next. You got Aaron Pico, Emmanuel Sanchez. All right, maybe he's not ready yet. He's not ready. <laughs> he's not ready yet. I would say maybe a Justin Gonzalez, Jeremy Kennedy. I think Darren Caldwell, I think Darren's at 135 again, so he's probably not, he'll be out of there. Yeah, Jerry's gonna down. stay, I think, at one thirty five is from what I understand from him. Yeah, he's not he's he could be ready for a Jeremy Kennedy or a Justin Gonzalez. Justin's got too good a wrestler, might take him down. Yeah, yeah Jeremy good Kennedy's good all the way around. He's a But dog. a guy like Pedro
0: Cavallo, I think Pedro <laughs> yeah. might have a little bit,
1: you know, as far as he's
0: got more of the complete game because he's got a very good submission game. But that's a guy you look at
1: and go, Yeah, I could put him in there with him. Yeah, but we're only saying that because Pedro's coming off two nasty losses. Of course, that's why I'm saying it. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you're saying it. Well, Pedro can get back on the track if he gets a big win over Vicel. Vicel just signed another contract with Bellator. He's just read up, so he's back in the game, man. He's good. He's just talented all the way around, Dale Vichel. All right, next, uh, next back to the card. Big win by Jack
0: Grant coming in. That was the first time I saw, you know, I've watched Nathan Jones multiple times fight multiple times i knew exactly you know very good very dynamic in the stand-up has heavy hands and then i you know i'd watch tape on jack grant realized like he's a grappler you know he'll he'll stand and bang but he's always looking for the takedowns so ah it's this the classic striker versus grappler Ooh, jack grant just ran through him both in the striking and in the grappling and everywhere else in between yeah.
1: Well, Nathan, Ro- Nathan Jones, Nathan Rose, uh, Nathan Jones is also <laughs> well, one of not- those guys that he's good when he's the hammer. When he's not yeah. the hammer, he's you know he tends to wilt a little bit. So I think Jack Grant went out there, started touching him up. He was a little, he was a little hesitant in the very first like minute. It was kind of filling out the speed and stuff. But then as he realized, I can just go ahead and walk you down, start throwing the big shots. But yeah, Jack Grant looked good. He looked he good. Um, how do you say this guy's name? Davy Gallon, Gallon. David Galone. Gallon and then um Kane Davey, Moussa. See, Davey's the guy that had
0: the the rolling thunder kick against Ross Pearson. Do you remember seeing that one? I
1: do remember seeing that.
0: Man, he knocked. It was back in, I want to say 2019, knocked Ross Pearson out. with. He tried it in this. He even tried, he tried it a it couple times. Musa, but it's like, hey, this guy can fight. You know, he started his career off with some losses because obviously he didn't understand how to fight MMA, really. But he's getting it, and his stand-up has gotten way better. And you know, Kane Musa can throw. He's got yeah. power. And I, you know, mm-hmm. before the fight, you know, I talked to Kane, and I said, hey, let it go. That's what you I was know? saying. Let it go, dude. Don't freaking hold. And he, he tried. He did. I'll give it to him. You know, he fought his ass off. Now he suffered a nasty cut. That thing was a fucking gully. It was huge. Yeah.
1: John, that thing, <laughs> the fucking grand cane was on his forehead. Oh, jeez, dude.
0: man. It was so damn big. It was. It was huge. But he fought through it, man, and I, I'll give him nothing. I, I, I give k Musa more props on that fight, which was ended up being a loss on multiple things. First off, he came and he fought his ass off he was throwing hard he was going after his opponent and he took some big shots and you know kept going after it you can't ask anything more when you're when you have a fighter and he loses that kind of fight you go man you were fantastic you know i got nothing bad to say about you i got nothing that i can sit there and say oh you should have done this you should have done that yeah you can. oh you, you should have landed that punch or come on he's
1: he had a, I'll do I'll, a, I'll do that part of the show for you John okay I'll, I'll he had a, you well he had a
0: then. real deficit in the fact that look he couldn't <clears throat> see because yeah. when you have that much blood coming you know down into your face and you're not seeing clearly out of that eye it's got a sting to it it's just a nasty feeling it's a film so I give came Musa credit I thought it was a really good fight for the both of them you know Davy obviously should have gotten the win but both guys fought their asses off
1: this is, I'm going to go back to some of his previous fight, Cain Musas. Okay, so like I said, David, great job, did, did a great fight. Um, Kane dealing with uh, a lot of that, that cut, the blood in the eyes, everything. There was tons of blood, especially I think after the, was it the first round I got it? Towards the end of the first round, he got the yeah, cut? Yeah, it was at the end. Yeah, yeah, end of the first round, he got the cut. <clears throat> and so going into that second round, tons of blood. They cleaned it up very well. They did a great job. Cut guys are so important. He did a great job cleaning it up. Stuffing it with Vaseline, oh, and then it stayed that. Yeah, they stuffed it with Vaseline. Yeah, a jar full. Yeah, it was it was it was deep, man. Oh, yeah. If you guys haven't seen, remember, if you guys go back to the old fight with Marvin Eastman. Dude, and Vitor Marvin Belford. Eastman. That's that's the way the cut looked. Marvin Eastman and V4 Vitor Belfort looked just like that, but they stopped the fight on that cut. This he fight knocked kept on out. for another. Oh no, that's out. right, that's right, that's right. They did. That's <laughs> that right. Was it wasn't that. Sorry, I, I thought I thought it was because of the cut. I was looking back. No, I was like, did they got stop that fight? He did get knocked out. That's right. Flying knee right to the dome. Yep. Um, but then Kane, he he did he did what he was supposed to. He did it in terms of pulling the trigger. But I don't know how much of that cut and that blood had much of an effect in terms of he every time he punched, they got into the clinch. He's got to work to they're trying to throw the arm out because he had double unders quite a bit. Yeah. When you're in that position on the double unders, tripping the outside leg, putting your forehead underneath their chin to like take them over in a body lock position, throwing their their arm by, getting to the back, those little things, I have no problem because he pulled the trigger because that was what he had he had problems with in the past. If you look at some of his old fights, he just was hesitant on throwing his hands. This fight, he threw his hands. But when they clashed and they got they got close together, he got to the double unders and then just ran him to the fence and then hung out there you got to be offensive on that situation in those scenarios because those little tiny tweaks and adjustments, if I throw your arm by and I get to your back, I have more control now and there's less risk of me getting injured from that position or me getting taken down as well. So there was that. And then i, I you'll hear Henry Cejudo say it all the time and every top wrestler in the game, it's all about the speed of finish. As soon as I get to the double unders, just tripping the outside leg or inside tripping or doing whatever it is to change the... The the movement or the balance of your opponent, he doesn't do that. He just grabs the body and then drives him to the fence and then lets them hang out. That right there is a bad look as well. No matter if you have the better position, the ref is thinking you're just tired, or the judge, sorry, the judges are thinking you're just tired, and the crowd starts to get impatient. Which then, believe it or not, they start to feel they kind of start to sway the judges as well when they're booing, boo, he's not doing anything, and then if you have a big cut, you've got blood, you're not, you know. You you could be doing something, but you're the one that has the guy pressed to the fence. All those little tiny things they start to, no matter what John tells you, they start to affect the judges a little bit. They start thinking, okay, well, if I got to break you or if I got to put you back out to the middle, you're the guy that has a dominant position. Why are you not doing something? And I get it, the other person's supposed to defend, but it's kind of a neutral position, double unders, pressed to the fence. But if you're not doing anything, you have the better position of the two. You've got to do something. And so that's, if I'm going to be critique him in terms of anything, well, it was I just think, that, nothing else. I, I
0: think I said it, especially if you're going against a guy that comes from a judo background, which David Gallon does, is if you get double unders, you cannot sit there and have your double unders and have your hands somewhere middle of the back. You can't do it because he's clamping down with overhooks and he can use those overhooks. And it actually works against you to a point. So you've got to either bring your hands really high, bringing his arms up, or you get your you you know sling your arms down low into his hips and suck his hips up into you, and now you control his you know lower body that way. But he was he was riding into that middle of the back territory for a long time. It's like you can't do that. It's working against you, like you're saying. He would get the double unders, but it wasn't an, an actual advantage for him with the guy that he was fighting and what he was doing. So.
1: Yeah, overall, happens. though, I thought it was one of the better canes that I've seen fight, though, because I've seen him in the past just let yeah. fights go, when he could have got them out of there by letting his hands go. In this situation, he threw his hands, but then as he got cut, and then as the blood and all the other stuff, he started throwing his hands, but then getting to the double honors and then not doing anything. Make the space, throw the punches, or get the takedown and get on top and do your work. So I would have yeah. liked to have seen that. Um, I thought the guy who had the performance of the night, though, was, well, a couple of them, but I thought Lewis Long, he looked phenomenal. Absolutely yeah, for all great. for what all of all of know, um 40 seconds 35
0: seconds i don't know what yeah, it yeah. Was.
1: but i was saying he looked good i've seen oh, yeah. i've called a couple of his fights before in the past and uh he's a scrapper he's someone he's got to go he's got a tank and he he's shorter and stockier and he's the star you know, um <laughs> he's got a great personality. <laughs> he does he does with a name like footlong you would think yeah, yeah. lewis <laughs> footlong lewis oh that's so great uh, but overall, I thought he I thought he had a good performance. I've called several of his fights, and he's he's good. He's talented. Yeah. Uh, I believe he lost to Especially Oliver on the Camp. Yeah, he's yes, good he on the did. ground, but he yeah. he lost to Oliver and Camp, but it was a good fight. Scrappy back and forth. Uh, good fight, though. Tim Wild, Eve's uh, He He's just get tired. Kind of went the way we thought it was going to go. Yep.
0: Yep. Went exactly you like hope. we thought it was going to go. We thought Tim was going to eventually just the stand up would be just a little bit too much for ease Eves is that real explosive guy but all that explosive movement got a little tired uh, wasn't able to you know continue on at the same pace with everything and that was just the difference of it good win for tim yeah,
1: like, this is like, look if you're a young fighter let me explain something to you okay so we we met with Eves landu in the fighter meetings and I said, eh, ah, what's your, what's your, uh, what's your game plan? Like, give us, you know, an idea of what you're, you know, how you're thinking this fight's gonna go. Ah, if it goes to the ground, it's okay. If it goes on the feet, it's okay. Let's go anywhere in this fight. Now, you it's normally okay. hear that. Yeah, you normally hear that. But the problem is when you have no game plan to like follow suit with. Now, I get you, things change when you get in there, but you need to have a game plan. Okay, look, I'm gonna try to sprawl and brawl, keep it on the feet. He has no game plan, which means that whatever comes his way, he'll take it. So, like, there was times where he's punching, and right in the middle of punching, oh, I see the leg's kind of close, I'm going to grab the leg, doesn't get the takedown, tons of energy used on trying to get the takedown, then eventually he does get the takedown, but then doesn't know what to do with it, because he didn't plan on getting the takedown, you've got to have, like, you can't just waste energy, and after that first round, he had wasted so much energy, he won the round, but you don't, Frank Shamrock used to say this all the time to me, you're not tired until you stop moving. It's like, you don't feel like you're tired until you stop moving. Well, guess what? The round ended. And for that one minute, he was fucking exhausted. And that led into the rest of the fight because he just didn't have the output he had in the first round. He didn't have it in the second and third. No, he, won the, battle being-
0: of, he won the battle of the first round to lose the, the war yeah. because he shot everything that he had into that one round to win it. And there was nothing really left.
1: Nothing yeah i had nothing left and so that that like i was trying to say with the younger fighters you guys need to have a strategy going in now look you're gonna to have to change that strategy almost in every fight but at least you have a good strategy of like hey this is what my focus is you can't just go in like oh whatever they give me i'm gonna take that that's yeah good but then it'll come naturally when you start getting better but, but go in there with a game plan it also go in there comes, with
0: it also comes much quicker as far as if you have a game plan and you know exactly what you want to do and what you're looking for, when it happens, you react quicker because yeah. you've already been planning for it and looking for it and you see it, and there it is, and now you react. If you don't have that,
1: the reaction is probably not going to be as quick. Well, there's that, and then you're not hanging on to things that there's they're not going anywhere. Like you're thinking, oh, I got in deep on the legs, so I got to keep going. No, no, I can abandon it whenever I want. Those are the things that... You thought, because you, you, there was no game plan, so you just, oh, I took it, and you're like, oh, I, I'm going to get it. And no, no, you're not going to get it. And so there's a lot of wasted energy in those positions. So like fry said, for young fighters, if you guys get a chance, go back and watch that fight and take a look at what he did. Because in the first round, it was all it was all him, just everything. He was everywhere in that fight. It was kickboxing, flying knees, you know, takedowns. It was everything. And then at the end, there was nothing. And that's the thing. <laughs> that's, that's not it. Uh Luke Trainer fought Yannick Bahadi. Bahadi actually he, I thought he was looking better than we had seen look at him look in the past. Yep. But Luke Trainer was on a different level that night. You could tell he just let Bahadi because we had I had talked about we had talked about this, but I had mainly said on the Bahadi situation, him even going to 205, he tends to slow down as the fight goes on. He used a lot of strength, a lot of power. He swings sometimes wild. He missed a lot with Luke Trainer, but that's that's fair to say because Luke is tall, long, and lanky. And he's he, you know he's able to get out of the range of punches you know using at his reach and his range. at he's 205 tall, like he's 205 he's tall on six 6'6 you know he's got a long yeah. long wingspan but look so does bahati though but um luke just fought a very composed fight he's a young man like but very talented he fights very smart a young
0: for a young hand. fighter with not a lot of experience he fights very intelligent he follows a game plan. He knows exactly what he wants to do in the fight, where he wants to take the fight, and he just implements that game plan. And look, right now he looks good because he beat a good fighter in Bahati. Not mm-hmm. you know, not a world beater, but a a good fighter. And look, he he absolutely finished that off by breaking his orbital. There's no doubt yeah. about it. I saw Bahati this morning, and his eyes still puffed out. And he said, "Yeah, they said I have a broken orbital."
1: You saw him yesterday um, morning, but yeah. <laughs> yeah something Pretty like much. that so it was this like morning that. right now <laughs> yeah yes yeah oh man but lou trainer man looks good he does a lot of good stuff as well his uh him and his family they foster young kids and families and stuff that need help and great people just an absolute when we did the fighter interviews with him he's a if you guys are looking to follow someone in terms of a, a young new talent with a great inspirational story he's an absolute stud man great person great interviewer just it was so fun to be around the energy is electric so i like to follow people like that and so i'm looking forward to his future man a great call and, out too oh, thank out you big i was Tuna. gonna say
0: i love the call out that he made yep. exactly in line a guy that's coming off of a big win mm-hmm. a guy that you know what and i loved. he says hey i know you're a savage but i want you know this is what i want i loved it i thought
1: it was great i loved it thought it was a good call out perfect um, the fight that I thought was gonna be fight of the night, it wasn't shaping up to be fight of the night either. By the way, so I want to make sure that I put my no, foot there as well. No. It just I expected more out of both of them in terms of the, the throwdown. But I, look, when both people respect each other too much because they both know they they can do they can do damage, that's the situation we're in. The fight was stopped by eye pokes, several eye pokes by the way. Yep. What do you do, John, in that situation? There was three eye pokes during that. Do you eventually just say, "Hey, the third one was enough"? And you make it a, what do you make like a DQ or do you just, it wasn't all three of them were so not intentional that you just let it be and be a no contest.
0: Well, it's not intentional. You, you could end up starting to take points off mm-hmm. of the second one. You can start to take points from him, but it's a matter of he's not, you know, he's not riding out. He's always doing it in defensive as You know, Whiteford is coming forward. He's He's backing off and extending his hand to push him away and Whiteford's changing levels a little bit as he's throwing, and he runs right into it. So it's on both, even though it is, you know, Andrew Fisher's hand and stuff, but you got to look and say there was no intent to do it, although it's damaging, and it's so damaging that you got to look and say Robert Whiteford is a compromised fighter at this point, but because of those, you know, uh, eye pokes, I'm, I'm of the, you know, feeling that, can't you know you can't i'm going to go against my joe rogan on this one I just think you take a point as soon as you have an eye point, you take no you can't do that you can't do that but you can start to say hey i can't i can't have this i'm going to give you you know if if i believe that the first one is unintentional and it's both of you and stuff I'm gonna, hey be careful you got to you know, close your hand you know but if you could if you do it a second time i'm going to have to start taking points and you're going to have to change the way you're going to fight you know, yeah. to stay in this fight because I'm going to start taking points off of every one that you do, you know, if you don't change because you've got to change so it doesn't happen. And, uh, you know, obviously, Whiteford couldn't go on because he couldn't see. And, you know, that's the the right thing is, you know, it's a no contest, even though if it had been in the third round, they could have gone to the scorecards, but it was the second round. So you can't go to the scorecards on it. So it becomes a no contest. Neither guy wants that, but it's okay. Got it. But it wasn't the fight uh, that I thought I was gonna be either. Yeah. Yeah, they kind of Liam it.
1: Leah McCourt versus Jessica, Jessica Borga. So uh, impressed I talk-
0: with Liam McCourt.
1: Yeah. I thought the stand up was a little bit on point. She's gotta she gotta throw the third one, though. She kept throwing yeah. the one two, one two, one two, yeah. right hand. Like I you gotta agree. throw the third. Had she thrown yeah. the third, she'd had a lot more success. She could have potentially got Borga out of there. And yeah. where I thought, and you heard me when I was on on the broadcast. I thought Jessica Borgham was gonna have the faster hands and the better hands in terms of the output of pressing her to the fence, letting the hands go, boom, 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 making space, potentially using the takedowns to set up her, her hands. That Ooh. just wasn't that wasn't the case. It wasn't nope. the case at all. I think a lot of it came down to when she got in there, Leah McCourt must be stronger than I'm giving her credit for because I've noticed with a lot of the girl a lot of the girls, females, that they have a hard time pushing her around. I know she's tall. She's but, tall. She's deal, She must be dealing with some strength in there because Jessica Borga is not a small person either. She's tall. She's a little bit, I think I wouldn't say a smaller frame, but she's a little bit shorter. But she just had a hard time moving her around. She had a hard time, even when she landed hard shots, it didn't move Liam McCourt back. No, so, she, you
0: could, there was a couple times you saw she actually tried to muscle her around. Yeah, didn't work for her. It didn't work for her at all. So you're absolutely right. There's a point where you look and say, Liam McCourt understands she's got leverage strength. She's got long levers as far as her arms are long and stuff. And she understands where to put it. And you see other, you know, women working against her. And it's like, that's not working for me. What's well, because she's stronger than you think based upon yeah. those long levers.
1: I also look at it too, like with Jessica Borga. And um, I don't know. I think her husband's in her corner along with somebody else. And I, I thought we had just talked about when your spouse is in your corner, sometimes isn't a good thing in this situation, I look back at the first round. Where were you dominating that first round on the ground? Where were you in the second and the third on the on feet. feet? And you have good wrestling. You should have been all over getting the takedown. Should have been all over pressing her to the fence, trying to snatch the single leg, or trying to catch some of the kicks and taking her down and getting to the top position because you just you just didn't do it. You thought you could stand and trade and get into those mixes and it just wasn't winning. You weren't you weren't you were having a hard time dealing with the length of Liam McCourt. That jab and the one-two and then the, the the kicks, all that stuff. She was having success keeping you at bay, and you were getting more tired as the fight went on because you were taking shots. Yeah. So you guys got, you got to figure that out in terms of I, – I blame a little bit of that on the corner. The corner needs to make those adjustments, me yelling at her, saying, hey, work to the clinch, work to the takedown, work to shooting your double leg, whatever it is. In that situation, shit, you were having such good success, even from the bottom – Pull guard, do something. <laughs> I mean, I'm just being honest, John. Three rounds yeah. goes by pretty damn fast, you know. And and uh, she needed something in that third round. I just don't think she had the cardio or the conditioning to get it to do what she needed to do in the third no. round because she had taken she had taken she'd a take, lot of shots in the. She in the was second.
0: breathing heavy in the second round. You saw her yeah. mouth was open and everything. So well,
1: she, she tried so hard for those submissions in the first. That's it. She put a lot of output on trying to chase those submissions. She had she had some good opportunities, just didn't wasn't able to get them there. Um, all right, this is this is the this is the fun part. This is the fun Ooh. part. This is the I have to, I'm gonna have to go back and watch it because okay, you do that in full disclosure everybody I said on the broadcast that I had MVP winning the fight and I'm still sticking with that just I'm, I'm gonna go back though Because we just landed right before we came to the studio to film. I'm gonna go back and watch it I don't get to watch the fights cage side I watch from the desk up top, but I also don't have the, the monitors we watch from the They're smaller I watch from the big screen or I watch from the table that I'm sitting at towards the cage, which is no no better than like the person sitting in the back row on the floor. So <laughs> everyone standing up in this front of true. you, can't see shit. So um I'm gonna go back and watch. I had MVP winning the first, the second, and losing the third. That's how I had it. Now, like I said, I, I'm splitting straws here in terms of like look, both fighters should have had more output. <clears throat> both fighters yep. should have left it out, should have left it out there a lot more. I agree, and i've i've, I've gonna, i'm gonna i gonna clear this up because a ton of people are like, oh, I want to see rounds four and five. I have said, this I did, I said that for, too because I wanted to. <laughs> for a number one contender spot, I am all for rounds four and five. This what fight should have been what? Exactly, that's what I'm saying. This oh, okay, fight okay. should have been. This fight should have been four and five rounds. It should have been yeah. five rounds because. I don't. I don't want to see fights. I don't want fighters to put miles on themselves for a five round fight just because the fans at home want to see. It. I want to see the fighters fight longer. Yeah, just for entertainment. If there's never, if they're not going anywhere. I don't want to see that. I want to see a three round fight. I want to see the best fighter win in a three round fight. This is for a number one contender spot. This is to see who's going to fight Amosov next. I want to see five rounds. I want to see this is the this is they should be ready for that level, which they both are. It should have been a five round fight. I agree. Um, but moving on. John, you and I disagreed on how this fight should have been scored. I uh, you said it you went you were leaning towards Lima. Yeah. I leaned towards MVP. Tell me why. All right, let me let me let me get a couple of
0: the the things out of there because I've heard all kinds of stuff there was, you know, people saying, well, this is what happens when, you know, you go to a guy's hometown and he gets a hometown decision. He didn't get a hometown decision. All right. Let's no, be he actually honest. didn't. The, no, the judge the, that was against the, him. The one judge that went with Lima was from England. As Ben yeah. Carblich, he went with Douglas Lima. The two judges that went with MVP were from the U.S., so those two went with MVP, and the English judge went with Lima. So get that out of your mind that it was a hometown decision, it was not, it was this is the way they saw it. But I think some of what they saw, you know, was they didn't see, I can tell you that. Where they're seated, and again, I know this makes, you know, very little sense if you haven't sat in that seat, but when you sit at the three different seats, you know, there's things that you'll see in the fight and there's things that you won't based upon body positions of the fighters and based upon the referee moving sometimes in the way and things like that, but where Ben Carthage was sitting was when MVP had some of his attacks where it looks like he knocks Lima down. When you can see that, no, he didn't land a clean shot. He just ran him over. And Lima popped up. And it looks like he gets knocked down, but he really didn't. And I just know that based upon the commission, Ben Carthage was sitting where the commission was at, and they said, yeah, we saw that he didn't get hit. Yeah, he got, and we agreed. You know, we, we went with uh, Lima winning that round, not MVP. But those guys thought that, that MVP got, you know, got a knockdown which would change, you know, your view of what's, you know, how you're going to score the fight. The knockdown is a big thing, you know. Even if it was a knockdown, he got up, but it does change your way of looking at it. I just look at it this way. It's, it was close, you know. I had Lima winning, you had MVP winning, the judges obviously, two of them, you know, had MVP winning, one of them has Lima winning, and you're going to get people on both sides, you know, Saying, you know, MVP one or Lima won. This is one of those ones where you're looking. And we talked about this beforehand. If you recall, we said, I, I think it's going to be a kind of a slow fight with not a whole mm-hmm. lot. They're going to be very cautious and careful of each other because they don't want to make that mistake. And Lima almost caught him a second time on that same thing. He <laughs> kicked the leg, and man, he missed by about an inch. Yep. on that so it was very close to that. and I, I asked michael about it. he says oh no my eyes were open i saw it it's like you saw it you saw it as it went by yeah because he
1: saw it as it went by
0: exactly
1: <laughs> but you know he saw it as it went by because he he also got tripped up on the fence and when he God. went to get up there he got he Lima almost hit him again there yep. that thing yep. almost went by again yeah. he almost got dropped twice yeah. by the by that same little getting up the way he gets up he needs to fix that that's, a, that's so, a huge mistake every single time.
0: I, I look at, you know, I look at this and it's it's not terrible. You know, I personally, you know, look and say, I thought Lima won, but it's not terrible that, you know, MVP one and people are going to say, oh, Bellator is trying to put him. Bellator doesn't get a, a, a judging seat. This is through the commission and stuff, but it does open up the division a little bit. Douglas Lima's you know, not going to go anywhere. He's still going to be fantastic and he's going to come back and fight well i really you know i was gonna i was concerned with him going in this fight based upon man he cut a lot of weight and you could see it was having an effect on him but but the guy is amazing because he didn't look tired no at any point in the fight you know and, and normally he's used to fighting five rounds so for a guy that looks like he's walking on death's door the day of weigh-ins and stuff and you know you, even after the weigh-ins and you look and you go damn man I, he's killing
1: himself Man, he he he's
0: like max holloway he just no problem
1: yeah i got this. but he looks like he looks like conor mcgregor making 145 though when you Boy, see him walking around the hotel he looks disgusting oh I'm my god gosh. he's so
0: drawn yeah
1: well, I was talking to him. His voice was gone. He could barely talk. You know, he's like, oh, I feel good. I was like, yeah, you sound wonderful. <laughs> yeah, you no. sound really good, buddy. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, man, this is it's horrible. Yeah. He say, sounds you know,
0: like he's, he's in a mafia. Aud- he's auditioning for The Godfather. Exactly <laughs> yeah, what I'm saying. Exactly. He's going for Marlon Brando's spot.
1: Look, like uh, I have to touch back on what you said. Bellator doesn't get involved in these decisions and the judging and all that shit. They have their, they have the commissions there that they that they use. They're not involved. Look, if you guys want to say, look at what happened tonight in the UFC, and you go on the broadcast, Sean Shelby was part of not the decision, but Sean Shelby was part of them looking over the the instant replay. So hey, was Mark Rappner, exactly. And these guys work for the UFC, so to yes. think that like, hey, they want to know what's going on, They're... But they should want to know, but they want to make sure that, hey, we're using the the instant replay or this stuff is be, it should be utilized and they're making sure that it's being utilized. So the right fighter wins. And in right. this situation, like like John was saying, there's no good view. There's not a good view for every single judge on the side, because if the action takes place on this side, then these two judges can see it. That judge on the back doesn't see it as well. And that's how you end up with with these type of decisions. And I think it was a split decision. I really do. I can see why people thought that. But here's the other thing. Like I said, where I was sitting, I don't have a straight view. And I also don't have access to the replays as well because my ISOs don't play the replays. I have to watch the replays from up on the big thing. And in between, when I'm at the desk, I'm getting a ton of questions from sometimes fans that are like, hey, who do you think won that round? And I'm talking to them or I'm talking with people that are at the desk with me. I Don't ever the tell them who
0: won the round because you I, I didn't tell them.
1: I didn't tell them that. But it just so happened I was right in this case. And the but-
0: the other part is you're also looking at, you know, that cage, let's be honest. That cage from you is 100 and some feet away. Yeah, easily. Okay. And yeah. you can't see fucking right up next to you, okay? You need glasses.
1: Yeah. So See what you just say you're right. I actually, I actually had to read something on the monitor to uh that night and I had to have Aiden read it cuz I couldn't read it cuz it was <laughs> it was so small. Like, how how you want me to read that font? Are you kidding anyway. me? Yeah. oh man it's horrible uh look overall the I, you, you guys it's so funny because people at home were like oh it wasn't the fight that i thought you have two guys that respect each other it was kind both, of the fight um, that we thought and both have a lot on the line mvp with yeah. getting getting the win over lima because he lost to him before and then also getting a title shot him wanted to redeem the loss that he had to lima and then him also on the line was getting his title shot there's a lot at stake for just him. Then you go to Lima. He has two losses. I don't know if he's ever lost three in a row. Probably no, not. Never never, never. never lost three fights in a row. That that also starts fucking with your mind mentally, man. Like it just before starts this, he had never
0: lost two fights in a row.
1: You know, and so now he's lost three in a row. So now, where is he going to be mentally in terms of, you know, for the future of his career? What is he thinking? What is you know what are the things that are going through his head? Um. You know, and so there's a lot of there's a lot of exchanges, I think, in that people didn't realize people don't realize, though, is that when you're watching that or before that fight, that crowd. I got to tip my hat to London, man. We said it in the beginning of the show, but London was freaking awesome. Sweet Caroline, all the (laughs) other songs that I don't know the names of, but they are just just (laughs) absolutely amazing. I'm not a big move uh, music person, but I mean, like. It it was nuts. It's like fun. it was crazy. In between every fight, they were singing, they were interacting, they were they were absolutely crazy. It was so fun to be there. And if you guys have never been to a, a show in London or in Dublin, I mean, you guys got to go. It was so much fun. So I look at it um like you said, people it was not it was not a hometown decision. Because, like you said the one judge that was from there gave it to lima and the other two judges right. from the u.s gave it to mvp um it really depends on how you viewed the fight i had lima or I had mvp winning the fight because he got dropped twice in the first but then like you said one of them was him being the bulldozed over and the other one was what i thought he got hit square on the top of the head and then he got uh, put he, down he
0: got hit but it, it, what, it didn't hurt him again he got kind of run over though he was off balance yeah and he got run over, but you know hey, he went down, no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. and then I looked also, at what he also I had at about what... two and two minutes, two and a half minutes, where he was on his back and he took some shots. He took it. If if you're Not... if you're going to be honest, if you're going to be honest about the fight, I would tell you that Douglas Lehman landed quite a few more shots overall than MVP. Now MVP may have had the harder shots, you know that could be, mm-hmm. but okay. what really hurt Douglas none of them you know, he did it. get run over though so and, and if you're looking at it and you, and you and you think he gets hit with a clean shot and goes down that'll sway which way you're gonna go so
1: look mvp if he's gonna fight Amosoff next he's got his fucking hands full
0: oh he better learn how to stop the takedown, stop the
1: takedown. because i had a conversation with douglas lima in the in the lobby after the fight and i said when are you going to start believing in your wrestling, man? Like, he got takedowns easy when he finally decided to get in on them. But he decided to stand and keep the, the range and was chasing, you know, and throwing the big shots. I said, this could have been an easier fight for you. If Paul Daly can take MVP down, I know you can. Like, I believe in your wrestling. And if the wrestling's not there, go back to your striking. But he's he's got good takedowns, you know, and he just – he just got to—he's got to put it together a little bit better. And for someone who's been world champion for so long, he's got all the abilities. It's just he doesn't—he likes to kick and he likes to throw big shots. He likes to win by knockout. And so I'm like, if he starts utilizing that wrestling, I think all the other stuff will come along a lot more. And I, it's, I get look, and now it's easy for me to say this stuff because he's coming off three losses. I wasn't saying any of this shit fucking a year a year ago, a year and a half ago because he was the king at the time like it's easy to always talk about someone after they've come off loss like oh he should have sure. done this but he also has changed a little bit in terms of he would wrestle before he would let he would anti wrestle and wrestle and throw his hands and his kicks but as you get older you stop trying to do the hard stuff and the hard stuff is wrestling <laughs> that's really what it comes down to so overall though it was a great night of fights um it yeah. just it was great to be there it was just the aura of Oh no, I'm
0: I'm being told that he has two losses in a row back in 2000 and 10
1: oh that no. was wrong gotcha gotcha all right well hey uh what else we got let's go into some news there podcast dave look we haven't got to hear your voice a whole lot tonight so go ahead and come on charm dave. our fans charm <laughs> our fans with that a uh, beautiful scottish voice yeah
0: th- that scottish voice that all our english fans says that guy can't speak english <laughs> <laughs> it's so
1: great
2: <laughs> just keep in mind we kept our country so there's that
1: Ooh, there Ta-da. it is oh
0: wow now it's coming
2: we kept it so, um, Dan Hooker stepping thank you, th- in. La- thank, thank you, William Wallace. <laughs> uh, yes, yes.
1: Uh, uh, okay. Dan
2: Hooker stepping in last minute to face Islam at UFC 267 at the end of the month. Dude, I love me some Dan Hooker. You got to love
1: that guy. I absolutely do. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, what,
0: the dude is a damn just stone cold fighter, man. He's had some great fights. He's He's got losses. This is where people go, oh, he lost. He lost to so-and-so. of a bitch can fight yeah and he the battle he had against poirier was fucking unbelievable Mm -hmm. just an incredible fight the fact he took you know the fight that he had you know here against uh harris great fight he fought super smart did well and now he's going to take on freaking makashev you know on a basically a month's Mm -hmm. that's the, the dude's a gamer yeah,
1: I look at I look at their body, size, style, their styles, and their and no, other styles, their size, and they're about equal. He cuts a ton of weight. Islam's not going to have the advantage in the size wise. I think I hooker. hooker Hooker's taller than Islam. No, that's so what I'm saying. Like he's he's not much though. I think Machef's five eleven, almost six foot, and then you have got okay. him. He's six one. I think Hooker's six one. 6'1", so I mean yeah. by but see that's the thing. Islam to me has always been the bigger guy in a lot of people he fights. So in physically strong. I would say tra- after training with the with Islam for years, I have not met anyone that has been that strong that that I've ever faced or fought or trained with ever. Gray Maynard was pretty damn strong. Yeah. You know, um, but uh, Islam is freakishly strong. And the same thing with, with Hooker, though. Hooker's got the size. He's got the reach, the range. You know, Islam will have a hard time with him on the feet. Oh, on give, the I'm feet. Gonna, Islam's yeah, going to have gonna, a lot of problems. He's going to have a hard time with him on the feet. So, but this doesn't change. Uh, I don't think this will change the way that he's going to fight. The, the way he was, gonna, was supposed to fight RDA wasn't going to be on the feet. He was going to take RDA down. He was going to smash. He was going to smash him. And Man. I think that he's the, the game plan stays the same to fight him this way is get him down and try and smash him from there.
0: Going to be a Overall, whole lot different. There, there's a big difference between the way that Islam enters into a takedown situation. And Khabib enters into a takedown situation. Mm-hmm. So, with the length of hooker, it's going to be interesting to see when Islam decides to clo- try to close that
1: distance. Yeah. Yeah. Different game plan. Though, no, I agree. I agree with you. Yeah. Because the explosiveness on the takedowns, I'll give it to Khabib in terms yes. of the double leg setups. Yeah. But. When they get into those exchanges and they get into that fence, into the fence, you to look but, for the foot sweeps, the underhooks, well, all that stuff. And that's
0: in the, op- in the open cage area, I look for Islam to use those foot sweeps and everything. Against the cage, it's going to be hard for him. He can do it. I've seen him do it in the past, mm-hmm. but it's going to be hard taking a long guy like Hooker down with some of those sweeps if he's got that fence to actually use as a balance point.
2: Yep.
1: I guess we're gonna see, my friend. It'll be fun. That's why, we, that's why we fight the fight. Yeah, baby.
2: All right, this next story um is coming off the back of this criticism that Joe Rogan got about basically um, getting replaced. I don't know if you guys read the article. I won't name them. I'll let you guys name them if you want. Um, and uh, DC kind of came out in defense of Joe Rogan. Um, <clears throat> Good for DC. DC. DC says, Joe Rogan is a man. He has been so helpful and helps and asks for nothing in return. And Joe Rogan is a UFC. He's yesterday's UFC. He's today's UFC. Joe Rogan will be tomorrow's UFC. I am honored to be able to sit to his right on the biggest fight nights of the year. Well said. Well said by DC. Look, John, you and I both having a, we have a little bit of an opinion on
1: this we won't bring up the media source because it's all just clickbait bullshit and right. and people are like oh there's some truth to it what truth is there to it no. joe joe rogan is joe rogan is busy on the weekends joe rogan's busy during the week okay he does two shows a day i believe sometimes he just does one show on wednesdays so he does two shows on monday two shows for his podcast two on monday two on tuesday one on wednesday two on thursday and then probably does one on friday or whatever before he leaves to go do his comedy shows wherever he wants to go during the weekend If it doesn't align, like he's he's said this numerous times, Rogan has, when I tell somebody that I'm going to do their their venue for a show, I'm going to fucking do your venue. He's like, I don't change it because the UFC announces a pay-per-view that I have to be at. He's like, no, I don't do that. I've told someone, I've committed to somebody and their venue and told them I'm going to be there. I say, I'm going to be there. He's like, and and there's and there's I don't see an issue with that. I don't understand what the problem is. If he doesn't want to no, work every comedy, damn show, comedy yes. is
0: his that's his go to thing. That's what he That's does. his love. That's, that's his love. It. He
1: that's you gotta leave the guy alone. And so when we're having this conversation, yeah, but here's the thing the conversation was like, oh, well it's time for him to for them to move on from oh. him. Why? Okay. He brings more publicity to not just the fighters. And he's also had all of these fighters on his show to help boost them up so they can build their brands. He's done more for the actual sport than I can say almost anybody has.
0: For, every, for everyone out there, all right. and Josh will know what I'm talking about because he absolutely is in this position. You know, For everyone out there, if you were on TV or anything like that, there, there's going to be people that like you. And there's going to be people that say, you're the worst thing ever. You suck. Because you know what, not everyone is gonna like everything about what we do. Okay, you have your right to have your opinion, but it's an opinion, and then, and I usually go off of just like you know, everyone's got opinions, just like everyone's got an asshole, and they usually all stink. Mm. All right, now for this, all these people that are saying that he does no, uh, he does no, you know, film work or he doesn't do any background on the fighters or anything like that. First off, what he does is what he's done throughout his entire time of being the color commentator for the UFC. If you're going to be honest about what Joe Rogan has done for the UFC, he has helped grow the UFC in an incredible fashion by being the color commentator. He's also been the spokesman for him at times when there was you know, times when boxing officials, or not officials, but promoters would come out you know, against the UFC because, you know, the UFC was taking money out of their, you know, pay-per-view buys and stuff. And so they started to try to attack it. It was always Joe Rogan that would be the guy that would be put on TV to counter what they said because he was, he's very smart. He's eloquent many times with the way he will say something. And that's based upon him just being a smart motherfucker. He is smart. Okay. You may not like him. You may not like his politics, Okay. But I'm telling you right now, the guy was way, way far of center to the left. It's all of the, is he not? Let's just be honest. Okay. But everyone says he is a right winger. You are nuts. Okay. I'm just telling you straight out from someone that kind of knows him a little bit, not even close. He's all for all these things, gay rights, all this stuff, but because he says he doesn't want to see a transgender person fight in MMA against a female who hasn't, you know, been ha- had to, you know, take a lot of time in changing over. That's him just being smart. That's him just actually looking and saying, science tells me that a man has an advantage over a woman. That's why we have women's sports. And I don't want to see someone come in and ruin women's sports. Okay? There has to be something that's set up so that doesn't happen. But that makes him a right winger. Like, if you don't like Joe, then you don't like Joe. That's okay. If you don't like me, you don't like me. That's okay. I really don't give a shit. Okay, I know Josh. No, let's be honest. I don't care. Okay, yeah. You like me? Thank you very much. You know, I like everyone. I don't sit there yeah. and say bad things about anyone, really. I try to be honest about things. But I will tell you this. Joe Rogan has been phenomenal for the UFC. He's been phenomenal for the sport of MMA because he's Absolutely. not just a UFC guy. He's an MMA guy. He's a fight guy. And he has helped fighters, he has helped more guys create careers and do things that have helped them outside of fighting. You can't ask for a better guy. And the fact that, you know, what DC is saying is, you know what? I'm honored to sit next to him. Everyone. Everyone. Josh would have a ball sitting next to him doing a fight. I would have a ball sitting next to him doing a fight. There's people that are going to like what Joe does. There's people that are not. Okay. There's people that like what Bisping does. There's people that don't, there's people that like what Cormier does. There's people that don't, there's people that like what John McCarthy does. And there's people that don't. And there's definitely a lot of people that don't like what Josh Thompson does. Oh, well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You said it right. It's like, look, you have to understand there's the, there's a little bit of the Joe Rogan effect. When, oh,
0: there's a big Joe Rogan effect.
1: When fighters go on his show, there's a there's a big like I I was trying to be modest about it. There's a big Joe Rogan effect. Chael's been on his show. Misha Tate's been on his show. All these TJ. Dill- Everyone's been on his damn show, and hey, you've been on his show. I was blessed enough to go on the show. He he's a someone you can sit down and you're like next. You know, three hours has gone by. But all he's talked about is you as a person. He doesn't try to shift the argument to him about his life and things that he's doing. It's all about you in that moment. And he is trying to help grow. doesn't matter who you are. He's trying to help grow whatever it is you're working on. He wants to be a positive influence on what you're doing. And that right there helps every single fighter that's been lucky enough to go on his show. And that's what's really disturbing. People don't realize the good he's doing because, oh, he is he said this or he's done that or he he has such a big influence. Yeah, he has influence in a positive way as well. You're just mad because it doesn't align with what you want to hear, whatever he's talking about at that moment. It drives me crazy because he's very public about the fact that he's actually more left-leaning and the fact that now everyone's con- considering him to be some right-wing conspiracy nut job the greatest thing and i'm just like you guys If you guys not have listened to any of his shit, because one time he said something that didn't align with your your agenda going this way exactly and what also is it really is crazy because this is really that team mentality that he talks about all the time is that you really feel like the need to stick up for your team Instead of just being like, hey, you know what? Let the guy make his own decisions and I'll make my own decisions and whoever else, I'm, uh, even if they're on my team, they're going to make their own damn decisions, right. you know? And that's, that's like the, the biggest issue I think we're having here. Stop trying to bully people into making decisions that don't agree with you. Like live your own damn life and worry about yourself and take care of whatever it is you're doing. And that's, what's really frustrating. I think during this, when I'm reading that article and I'm like, what are you talking about? You're talking about someone who like I said, does podcasts, is a comedian on the weekends and you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, whatever it is. Sometimes on Sunday, he's traveling around the world with one of the couple of the biggest, not a, like five or six, 10 of the biggest comedians in the world. He's got life. He's got his own family as well, which he, you know, he likes to keep private, but he's got his own family. He's got kids. He's got a life to, ter- to worry about as well. And the fact that he does all the stuff he does for the UFC and the fighters and talking about always positive talk about them is impressive. And when you have someone that comes in and, and this clickbait journalism, it's just bullshit. Like leave the, guy, leave the guy alone because he doesn't agree you don't agree with what he says on his show is ridiculous, especially as of lately. And that's what's really frustrating, I think, for a lot of people.:
0: I think the great, one of the greatest things about him is he brings in both sides and listens.: Absolutely. To both sides. because how else are you going to learn what's right and what's wrong if you don't listen to both sides?
1: That's the hardest part, John. People, when like when you were listening to something, like I was, I'm, I wasn't a Bernie Sanders fan, but I listened to the Bernie Sanders one that he did. You know, I was never, was never a Bernie Sanders fan, but I listened to it because Joe had actually said something about he was talk, thinking about voting for him or he was going to vote for him during the whole uh, first time that they ran. He was running, yeah. And that whole situation, and and there was other people that he had on there. I wasn't a Tulsi Gabbard fan either, but then when I listened to her, I actually started to to lean towards like I liked what she said. Yeah. You have to listen to both sides, you know, and whoever else he's had on. Like, I've, there was other. There's like been the actors. There's other been other people that he's had on that I was like, I don't know about that. Like, and then I listen to them. Like, okay, now you have put it in ways that have made me start thinking. Though, okay, I can see where you're coming from in that in that in that area, whatever it is that they were talking about.
0: Yeah, but he, and even you, if you don't you agree, at least you can understand the way that they're they're viewing it and why they're saying yeah. what they're saying.
1: because we don't know everything so all we're
0: saying is be more open
2: yeah be more open-minded about stuff all right next um the next story is john uh more uh, information coming in the john Jones situation we're in trouble (laughs) (laughs) no we're not (laughs) no we're not we're not in trouble john
1: john go ahead dave look the 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 report was released on what happened OK, yeah. and you and I, we decided last time to, we said we don't
0: have enough information and I have no idea what how you injure a car.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, and now so I know
0: realistically in their report.
1: Yeah. Now, you know. And so now realistically, we just we had no comment on it at first. I got on Dana separately because Dana likes to kowtow to his, to his talent when they're younger and they're bringing in a ton of money. He hasn't fought in over over a year and he's struggling to get the contract signed. So I said, that's why Dana was ragging on him. I had nothing to do with with the what he did because we didn't know what he did yet. We hadn't. No. Now, now let me let, allow me to introduce myself, okay? This is bullshit what he Allow
0: did. me to interject.
1: <laughs> yes, he, <laughs> it's bullshit what he did. And he came out with some shitty ass comment about like, "Oh, I'm going to stop drinking. It makes me a different person." Bro. Bro. <laughs> you just got to stop. You just got to stop doing everything. I'm not gonna let's not pretend that it was just alcohol okay like you're in Vegas you're at, what is someone there was a thing that came out and said what like 10 oh I'm gonna tell my wife to take 10 grand and go to the strip
0: 10,000 to go to the strip club
1: <laughs> that's 10,000 for the on, strip man. club okay man I don't get it but look I just I don't get it you have three beautiful daughters and you're you know blonde. it just I don't get it man I don't get it you're blown ah uh, yeah I, I I i I'm like despite whether i believe what dana said is right but i i still believe dana's only doing that dana will stay out of it if there's something going on that was someone that he really wants to keep trying to work with it all comes He'll down just, to this yeah
0: very simple if your young daughter is asking people to call the police because she's afraid of you and what you're doing Ooh. you you got a problem
2: yeah it sucks there you go all right let's lay in the middle a little bit here um josh wanted to <laughs> review this knockout um, oh i saw this video. one
1: i said i said this, this like
2: one. i'll put a link below in, oh that's uh, a bad anyways.
1: one yeah it's one of the nastiest knockouts Oh, and it's it's like in a bare knuckle boxing type match where they just got tape over their hands it's not like in the bkb or bare knuckle boxing with hay bales yeah it's surrounded by <laughs> hair bales and it looks like they've got like uh wrestling mats or something below it Yeah unless they just painted the concrete black <laughs> <laughs> it could could be it as well um, so
0: so you people you know if you if dave do you get to let people see this um according to your Mr. josh over here and um, well if it's only like six seconds right yeah, boom i think i think it's fine okay so when you're seeing this guy and he hits the ground he's out and then you see his arms coming up that's him what we call posturing he's pot we talk about posturing and jiu-jitsu completely different Ugh. this is his brain seizing and his body is in a in a seizure and his arms are going out and posturing based upon him, which is telling you that he has a severe concussion he's got a big problem Seriously. with what occurred he got he got racked so this is you know this is the signs when you see any fighter and you see this and you see their arms straighten out and their fingers are straighter their toes are curled that's called posturing and that's telling you that he's His body's actually in a seizure. His brain is the same as you know. You'll get an epileptic fit. You get the seizures.
1: You're having the same type of thing. Dave, you keep talking back to me, buddy. That's that's what you're gonna look like. This is the position you're gonna be in. The dying cockroach, right there. Yeah, so that was just, his knees came up, his hands yep. went straight, he's reaching for the sky, doesn't know, yep. he has no idea what the fuck is going on right he
0: now. Couldn't, he couldn't, he, he doesn't know his first name right there. It's a Tuesday Jeez, morning for man. Josh, isn't it?
2: <laughs> What's that? So that's a Tuesday morning for you? <laughs> <laughs> it's a Tuesday morning for me. <laughs> Tuesday morning for me. It's,
1: it's Sunday morning. <laughs> like, oh, that's you know, a really oh, bad shit. Sunday morning. That's a bad Sunday I morning.
2: love it. Uh, um, all, right, all right, is there right. anything else, Dave? Uh yep, we got one uh two last pieces. Um one is just the the number of weight misses um at the UFC this past weekend. Um and so we had Aspen Ladd come in um at two was it two pounds over? Um Well it's
1: two pounds over, but it's only one pound one over pound. for the official <laughs> she, weight. She, yeah. she
2: would have been officially okay at
0: one thirty six but she came in at one thirty
2: seven. Um Betch came in at two and a half over and then uh yeah. Mike Breeden also came in at two and a half over.
1: Okay. I mean, you don't know what the situation the scenarios are in terms of them making weight. Like, did they have a heart? Like, were they dealing with the injury? Were they able to run? I think Betch announcing her retirement. I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that, like, look, it's my last fight. You know, like, it's, it's just too much more of a struggle than I want it to be. Um, and then, but then Aspen Ladd, she said, you know, this is what females go through. She, I got my period a couple of days ago, and this is what I got to have to deal with. And it's unfortunate, but it's true. It's you true. Know, females, re- females retain water. Um, If they happen to have their period during that time. Now, I also believe that the conversation should be like, normally women are on a schedule. Like it's, they kind of have an idea of when they're going to get their, their period. And so knowing that you should try to, but then that may change though, too. It on how much they work their body throughout their camp. Does it change yep. or fluctuate? That's Damn. But if you know it's normally around that time, maybe try not to schedule fights around that time. That's the best that I can it's suggest. The
0: best that you can do.
1: Yeah. Cool. You know, other than that, there's change. really not much to talk about. It's unfortunate because she's, she's missed weight. She's struggled to make Couple weight several times. times, you know, and so she's going to have to figure something out.
2: All right. This last piece um, is the announcement of Sean O'Malley versus Raleigh in Paiva um, at USU in December. Paiva. Paiva yeah i mean talk to me john
0: it's I, I, you know you're looking and it's like it's a good fight i'm happy with that one uh i think it's a, a good matchup for sean It's you know they're not giving him the the person like we kind of talked about saying eh, they're gonna feed him someone in that top 10 then because he's yeah. saying he might you know look to go somewhere else they're not doing that but they're putting a, putting him against a real deal in. uh
1: he's got two he's got two fights left yeah so this one and one more so So. we can wait for after this one if he looks good see that's
0: that's a reasonable fight for him right now
1: yeah
0: it's a good fight yeah so it's a a quality matchup for him that's someone of his level let's see how he does
1: yeah yeah
0: yeah i think he's the you know the the one they'll give uh it it's got power but not that technically smooth in the way that he'll put Mm -hmm. that power out so so we'll see if Sean handles it well.
1: Yeah, we're gonna find out. Yeah. Good stuff. I mean, like I said, like we won't know until you get closer to the actual uh his last fight on his contract. They'll drag him out as long as they can. Yeah, so we'll see. we'll see. We'll see how they work. We'll go. All right, go to com slash Wayne In, use promo code and still and pick up one of our shirts that are available there. We have all these cool designs. And we need to get some more designs here coming soon. So I just know that. But we need some more. Stuff. t-shirts are all available in different colors as well. So we've got black, blue, red, green, light gray, maroon. Oh, Dave, I was told by one of our
0: English fans, why do you not have a 5X shirt? I said, because we'd only have one person buying them. You. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, what they can do is they can buy two double XL out and then cut them and stitch them together
0: it might be i might make it what a jerk (laughs) (laughs) uh
1: all right guys well hey hopefully you guys enjoyed this show we had a great time we were a little tired a little jet lag and uh felt good though i think just a little just a little you know and um it was a great weekend of fights i think for both promotions and we had a great time man i i love the london crowds i love the london people I love being in London. We go to we go to Phoenix next week. Is it not next week? Not next, next week, week, week two after. weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. In two weeks we go to Phoenix. We'll be there for the Bellator. Light Heavyweight World Grand Prix semifinals. So that'll be Aubin. fun. And cannot wait for that. And John, what else you
2: got?
0: The after that, a little bit of Russia stuff, then a little bit of Ireland stuff, a lot of good stuff coming up. Next week coming up, you got Mackenzie Dern against Marina. Rodriguez, that should be a really good fight. Gonna be good fun fight. to watch. So, for everyone out there, all the people in London, England, you guys were fantastic. Thank you for all the people coming up and telling me and Josh, you listen to us, you're enjoying us because we enjoy you guys. So, thank you very much. And for everyone else out there, hope you enjoyed, it and we will see ya.